dirt. You're smelling dirt. That's what that is. Yeah. I like the it, way dirt smells. Who doesn't, you know? <laughs> I just realized we were recording. <laughs> Um, okay, let's talk about digital breadcrumbs. Um, and tables of contents. And tables of contents and rabbit holes and reasons why search won't always give you your answers. But I say start with digital breadcrumbs because um, I guess the term breadcrumbs comes from the Hansel and Gretel fairy tale, which is pretty neat to me. Is it? Uh, well, yeah, I, that's that's kind of my jam, man. Myth and folklore and stuff. Fairy tales? Is it surprising to you? Yeah, is this a shock? No, is it a shock that that's where breadcrumbs comes from? Um, I guess I never really thought about it like that because I never really thought about the digital breadcrumbs part of things. And I was just like, oh, huh. that's how they find their way back in the fairy tale is dropping breadcrumbs. And then yep. I saw the technical definition of it and I was like, oh shit, that's the exact same thing. I would like to just say for all of our children out there, this is explicit, uh, this podcast. So you might want to turn your ears off when Tim Tim gets going. Yeah, this episode is going to get an E. <laughs> Earmuffs. <laughs> uh, well, so there's actually, there's, there's like four different things that all come together for this. Um, and I don't, I, I don't want to separate digital breadcrumbs out completely, but I think I can lump them in with one other thing that is, it's kind of interesting. Um, so there's like this concept of um, follow an information trail and breadcrumbs are kind of the, in my view of things, like they play into this whole concept and I'm not sure if there's a, a big distinction between them, but like w really what are, what the, what these things are is they are, um, different linking structures embedded in and around content that allow you to kind of orient yourself and then feel your way through it towards whatever your answer is. Um, I think breadcrumbs are typically associated with going back. Hence the fairy tale. Um, and, you know, following like a digital scent is typically more associated with going forward. Um, I'm not sure that either of those two directions really make sense as it relates to, you know, trying to like, you know, navigate through a set of digital content. But um, I, th I think that those two, those two things go together. Those are two important concepts. They are. I wonder if we still, it, if they are, Relic isn't the right word. I think they're still really important. And I mean, relics can be really important, but I wonder if they are carryover from approaching digital content, you know, as it was originally, you know, and still is delivered in a lot of cases via PDF, where a TOC is really important. And that's kind of your forward. I mean, that's in some ways you could use that as your, you know, digital scent and breadcrumbs would be backwards. So these things are still around because of that, even though search is going to be more often these days, how people are finding their content, they're going to search, they're going to look at the search results and they're going to filter through some terms and keywords. So I'm actually going to disagree with you there. Bring it on. I don't think that positioning them as, um, as a, as anything other than, uh, an important and necessary 
and useful structure is is valid because I, I don't think that search so I, I think that search is a, an extremely important part of an information experience i mean obviously like you know I, I'm, nobody would disagree with that but the thing is that when you don't know what you want to search for the only way to find your thing is through kind of feeling it out and like if you think about like how you search for things on amazon like when you know what you want, like if you want a box of Q-tips, you punch in Q-tips and you scroll through and you pick Q-tips, right? But like if you're searching for, um, you know, a end table or a credenza or something, um, and I just want to say that word. yeah, yeah. Um, but like when you punch that in, you click on one, and then there's some similar ones, and you scroll through those, and you click on one, and then maybe there's you know some what other people bought, and like you scroll through those and you click on one and like, um, you know, maybe somebody wrenching something in one of the comments that you want to search for. So you go and you search for that. And like all of this is following a digital scent, like this clicking on different links and like moving through different navigational structures. Like we have to remember that as we're putting together digital experiences, that all of these things wrap themselves together as part of the navigation, as part of the digital experience. So table of contents, breadcrumbs, digital scent, embedded links, um, all of these things, they're all part of the um, the non-search method of moving through content, which is extremely important. Yeah, I'm not suggesting that that those things, because they were introduced, they were introduced before, or they were introduced at a time when digital content was, had a more like specific document form. I'm not suggesting that they're not unimportant now. It just seems that that's, you know, their origin is there and they do have a very important role to play still, but that role originally and still now contributes only a small portion of, I should have broadened digital scent. I think you're right about that. Um, but they play a role in that, but it's a limited role. And it still seems like they are, um, though important, still carryovers of of an earlier era of content of digital content. Agree or no? Well, I mean, so I guess that my obviously a table of contents is older than search. I mean, for sure. Um, like, there's there's no denying that. Um, well, I mean, I have I, one I guess in the maybe, book. That's true. But when you it's, when you go to a, when you go to a library, you search in a library. You just don't do it using digital means. You go and Dude, you. I'm so thankful I don't have to use a card catalog these days. I mean, I'm so thankful I don't have to use a library these days. Shame on you. <laughs> oh my gosh. If there is anything you've ever said to me that makes me want to walk away from this job right now, it was that. <laughs> Li libraries are amazing. They are amazing places. When was the last time you were at a library? Uh, when I was in Rochester. Rush Reeves, really? baby. I went to U of R's library. Dude, Rush Reeves is an amazing library. It's it's one of the best libraries I've been to. So I used to use the library in college for studying because it was really quiet. And I liked the way it smelled. Um, <laughs> it's but dirt. You're smelling dirt. That's what that is. Yeah. I like the it, way dirt smells. I, who doesn't, you know? But I never used it for books. I mean, like, the oh, thing man. is, like... That <laughs> pains me. It's just... <laughs> like I just I just don't use it for books, you know. I look stuff up online, and then the other books yeah. that I want to read, I order them, and they sit on my shelf here. That um, that happens a lot these days. But I, you know, it's so funny. I would the whole digital scent 
that we were talking about, I would do that in a non-digital way in a library. There would be days where I'm like, you know, I did good work this morning. I'm going to go to the library and I'm going to get lost. And I'm just going to start looking. So I would, I would pick out, I'd be like, poetry. I don't know anything about poetry, but I know John Donne wrote a lot of poetry and he was supposed to be really good. And so I'd go pick up a John Donne book and I'd look for a reference that he would make. And I'm like, I don't have any idea what he's talking about. I'm sure this is an amazing poem, but I have no idea how to process it. But I'd find a reference to something else. And then I'd go find that other book that he references or, or a piece of work that he would reference. And I would look at that for a little while. And then I would chase that one out. If that was a, a more technical piece or something, um, I'd look for any references to actual other authors or pieces of work. And I'd go find that one. And I would just follow that. It was, it was actually really enjoyable because it was both intellectually interesting, but it was also uh, physically interesting because I got to navigate the library. And this is that that is actually pretty similar to how a lot of like the link based, um, you know, digital scent works. And, you know, this is but this is an important concept for people to keep in mind as they're building um, digital experiences for knowledge and things like that. Because, you know, one of the things that, you know, until we have AI machines that can, you know, um, intuit our feelings from our search queries and like know us inside and out, you know, search is never going to be all the way there. Like it's always, there's always going to be this case where like, we don't really know what we want. Like we know that we're missing a piece of information and we kind of know where to start. Um, but we don't know the full range of, of what's available. And so the only way to present that to a user, um, is using a couple of different structures and they're all linking structures. So I think the other major thing to keep in mind here, which is why we've you know grouped all these things together, is that a table of contents is just a linking structure. Like even in the traditional sense, yeah. a table of contents is a manually curated linking structure. The links are the page numbers. Like you're flipping through the page is the hyperlink. Yeah. You look at a PDF for the intermediate step. A PDF these days, when you hover over something in the TOC, it will take you to that portion of the PDF. It's still a single document. It's not the newest. Right digital way to to think of a toc but that's exactly what it's doing it's the middle stage between what we have now and you know a book right um but like the the linking structures that are in the content are just as important so a table of contents is kind of a linking structure that's on the content um in a lot of ways linking structures that are in the content are important um related links which are kind of um they're also, they're somewhere between being in the content and on the content in a way, because they usually fall to the left or to the bottom. Uh, and they provide, you know, it's like the, um, it's like the other people view this type thing on, on Amazon, that kind of thing. But like oftentimes, like if you've gotten to something which is pretty close to maybe what you're looking for, the related links can be really interesting or, you know, similar stuff or um, other, other things like that. Like when I've been, so like I've spent some, um, time recently, like moving through some of Google's documentation and they do a pretty good job with this. Um, and the only thing that they don't do a super good job with, in my opinion, is finding your way back. So like you can find yourself in a rabbit hole very, very easily and like discover a bunch of stuff and then be like, wait a second, what was that thing that I needed earlier? 
And so I do a lot of like right click, open a new tab when I start working with their experience, yeah. um, which is a thing I think I wish you could you could track because there might be information, interesting information in there. But my, my, my core point with this is that really good information design thinks about the movement people make through your content when they don't know your content. Search, once people know your content, once they know it's there, once they're using it purely as reference, search. 100%. Yep. Like, um, but like when they're first being introduced to it, you know, it's not Google. Like people don't have, they don't go to the your search box thinking that it contains everything, right? Like you punch, punch something into Google and there's almost definitely something out there about whatever it is you're looking for, you know? So like you're, we're kind of past the point, but there wasn't, you know, 15 years ago, but we're past the point now where, you know, we put something in Google and we think we're not going to get any results. We think we might not get a great result, but like we're going to get something like your content isn't that it's much more specialized. It's very tightly uh, controlled as to the, you know, the subject matter and like the, the construction of it and all these types of things. So the way that people orient themselves in your content is based on this variety of linking structures that you provide them. No, I agree. And I think that the, I think that the quality of experience that a user will have is directly proportional to the quality, not only of the subjects of the content that they're, that they're going to be reading, but it's directly proportional to the quality of the structure of the content and how all those linking structures are working with one another. I mean, you know, the example from, from being in the library is that's my experience there was directly proportional to the quality of the library and the resources it had available to me. Um, mm -hmm. There are some other factors involved as well, but if I, if, if Rush Rees, if U of R's library had been filled with awful books, my experience would have been, and whether I knew this or not at the time, my experience would have been, I'm reading awful materials, mm -hmm. but Rush Rees has a point of filling it with very good things. Now add in a curated and, high quality linking structure between all those resources. And now you've set me down a path for not only amazing reading, whatever material I might stumble on, um, but an experience that will, that will be very rewarding for me because I will be fine. Everything I hit throughout that experience with those high quality linking structures and, con and information, um, information structure is going to be high quality itself, which is going to, add to that experience totally and i think one of the things to think about this especially from the perspective of you know what we kind of imagine our audience to be um which we you know i think is typically um knowledge or technical content professionals ask yourself does somebody know everything about the product that you provide the answer to that is no then the key thing there is that they have to be able to discover when they come to your content like they have to be able to read things, gain information, and then go to more things. And in most cases, when you have a sufficiently complex product or service, you don't know exactly what somebody wants to do with it. And they may not even know exactly what they want to do with it. So there's this whole process that they go through where they have to start somewhere. They have to be able to ingest that information and then they have to learn about what's possible 
And then they have to be able to come back and have a deeper conversation with your content about how to implement those things. Um, So it goes from being an educational resource to being a reference resource. So when you're thinking about how you put these things together, um, you can't predict someone's path because you don't know what it's going to be because they may want to use your technology in different ways. You need to provide them the ability to follow a digital scent through to what they're looking to do. You need to provide them enough information and structure, which is a table of contents in a lot of cases, um, so that they can get a broad overview of what's possible. You know, if I pop open a um, an API reference and I can see over on the side that you have, um, you know, a get function and a head function and a put function, I'm mm-hmm. I basically know you know where I want to go look to see how those things operate, right? Yeah, um, yeah. it's that kind of stuff. I so to to go back to something you kind of hinted at the rabbit hole thing. I get caught in that a lot and it's very easy for me to forget what I was originally looking for because I become so wrapped up with whatever I've just stumbled upon. That's why you need breadcrumbs. Yeah, that's right. Um, but if it's related links and things, the breadcrumbs are going to change. Um, but, well, that, that's, but, those are, but that's why those are slightly different thing, right? We're talking about the different structures. We have table of yeah. contents, related links, breadcrumbs, um, Embed, uh, embedded links it's a number I, of things i think if somebody out there uh, i don't have the skill or or desire to do this but if somebody out there wants to build a tool that will package up a report of what my individual tab or browser session was that showed my information journey from whatever that session is uh, it would be a fascinating. And then B, if you can design a system that will, I mean, that you can take that and add that into, you know, if you can track those kinds of metrics and have a simple report that rolls that up as a content creator, I think that stuff would be really fascinating and really helpful. But as a, as an end user, if a system could bundle up my, my experience there and then say you spent X amount of time with this, it linked out to this and show me the stuff that's around the topics or the pages that I hit. I think that would be really fascinating. I bet with the traffic on our site, we would see a lot of similar looking journeys. Yeah, that's, that's actually a really interesting, that's a really interesting idea. Um, you heard it here first, people. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright, um, trademark, somebody give me royalties after you develop that system. <laughs> so there's, um, I mean, you can do some of that stuff with Google, Google Analytics, but it's it's not it's not the way you want it, right? It, yep. It's different. Yep. I think that would be, I mean, if you had that information as a, as a content designer, you could turn your TOCs rabbit hole uh, you know, you could take the rabbit holes people go on and then you could look at your TOC structure, the digital breadcrumbs, and you could take all of it and look at it in a holistic way and you could redesign your content and you could remodel your content to help people, you know, find the things they want. If you can, if you can tell that somebody's on a rabbit hole and they don't know what they're looking for, you have to make some assumptions, you know, are they doing this for fun now at this point or are they lost? And that's a, that's a tough question to answer. Um, but that's when you just ask them, have a form that pops up. Are you lost? Can we help you? Clippy. That's what we need. We need Clippy for, for the, the rabbit holes people go into. So actually that's, um, 
There, there's that, that's getting into uh, qualitative uh, analytics, which is a thing we should do um, uh, another uh, pod on in the future. I'm in. I'm in. I'll be here. Content rules, but it can be a lot. I'm sure you've noticed that a lot of these topics are connected, but our short podcast episodes barely scratch the surface. Have no fear, because in the description, we have links to videos, blog posts, and other information that help shine some light on some of the more intense, murky topics. In no time, you're going to have a little bit better idea about structured content and enterprise content strategy. Hope you enjoy.